one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet that's working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very bullshit saying the trap, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you here. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros has a full line of trapping supplies to get you going on the trap line, whether it's uh, professionally made baits and lures to traps and snares to instructional videos. Cotsbros.com. Check them out. We're also brought to you by Onyx Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark trap locations. Get landowner information. Scout using the latest aerial imagery. Onyxmaps.com. Use the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, for 20% off your first purchase at Onyxmaps.com. Thanks, guys, for uh, sponsoring the show. And thank you, guys, for listening in. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back here for uh, a little while. It is, I guess, my first real podcast since the end of my trapping season. So I figured it's a good opportunity to kind of give you an update and a, just kind of an overview of how the season went and and uh, maybe go over some of the highlights. Actually, I, I just uh, sent some fur off. Sent some fur to the tannery. I sent some fur to Alaska to a fur buyer, believe it or not, which was pretty cool. And the rest of it is going, most of the rest of it is going to fur harvesters. And that'll be, I'll be meeting the guy um, just a couple days from the time I record this. So um, most of the fur is going to be headed off down the road. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool when you have a final product at the end of the season to show for all your time and effort and uh, remind you of all the adventures on the trap line and just kind of going through all that first pretty cool and I had the opportunity to do that recently when I was uh, I did some fur tumbling so my friend uh, Butch Borman who's been on the podcast in, in the past he's if you look back through the past episodes uh, I think we did one or two I think we did two interview segments with him uh, he gave me this uh, this fur tumbler that that it's kind of just a it's a small tumbler made from a plastic 
drum and it's got a motor retrofitted onto it an electric motor and it works pretty slick it's made by uh, i think the guy's name is tom stalker stalker fabrications somewhere i believe he's in new york somewhere but yeah that that thing that thing works pretty good for you know for its size and everything and and i did a youtube video on that if you go to the youtube channel trapping today you can see that i i uh, spent a bunch of time kind of showing how it operates and put fur into it and tumbled it for a while and show what it looked like going in and coming out and i i think it it just it improves the appearance of the of the fur quite a bit gets the grease spots out of it and the smudges and a lot of the the uh you know the the tufts of hair that are stuck together and and it shines it up it makes it smell better it cleans it it fluffs it up it just uh it it presents the fur to the buyer or the fur grader uh, as um, a more true representation of what it looks like without the imperfections. I mean, if you have damaged fur, it's still, the damage is still going to show up. It's not going to hide or cover up damage uh, like holes in a pelt or or poor quality pelt or a pelt that's not prime or something. It's not going to really help with that. But what it's going to do is if you got a really good pelt, it's going to... Um, give the the buyer a better representation of what that looks like when it's all cleaned up and and uh i think it lowers the chance of maybe getting downgraded uh in in certain situations so that was good i had i guess you could say it was a relatively short season it it was not really shortened by weather it was shortened by um economics you might say it was shortened by three dollar fifty cent gasoline and just my personal uh, financial situation where I, I didn't want to spend uh, my life savings on the trap line for the season. So I ended up trapping for Martin and Fisher for about um, three, uh, three, three and a half weeks, something like that. Um, and a lot of times I started late and I ended in uh, early early December, early mid-December, and a lot of times by by that point, there's too much snow in the woods anyway, you kind of got to pull out, and we did get quite a bit of snow, but we had such warm weather in mid-December, and, and the snow, a lot of the snow melted, and it was, I mean, it was icy, the roads were all bare ice, but it was, I mean, for someone to trap on a pickup truck without having to get a snowmobile and be able to trap all the way to the end of the season, which is December 31st for us. It was the year to do it. It was the first year that I can remember in at least 10 where you could actually do that. Um, I, I, uh, I elected not to do that because like I said, I was, you know, it was costing a lot of money and it was a lot of beating up on the vehicle and it was a lot of time. And I, you know, vacation time off work. I, I get down to where I, I uh, needed to make sure I still had vacation time enough to uh, to do what I need to do on the farm this summer. So, so that was kind of what dictated the length of my season. But uh, that did not affect the quality of the season. I I had an excellent excellent season. I thought um, I trapped in a little slightly different area. Uh, the first half of my trap line was the same area as last year, and the second half was an area that I have not trapped before. So it was, it was a little unique. Um, I, the places where I trapped the two, the previous two seasons 
for Martin, uh, and I, I did extremely well. Uh, were were really excellent, excellent Martin habitat. They were uh, on a land ownership where the the owner had uh, has a, a little more of a hands off approach to forest management, a little more of a uh, a goal to allow for a an older forest, a more mature forest, and it provides excellent Martin habitat. So I, I was able to catch a lot of Martin in that area in, uh, in 2020 particularly, and then again somewhat in 2021. But I decided to lay off of that after two years of trapping it in a row. Uh, I felt this year that, you know, I, I don't know, I may not have even caught enough animals to make a difference in the population. However, one of the things that it made me wonder about it a little bit was the, uh, the, the areas surrounding it um, if they had been really good Martin habitat all around it, it, it would be one thing. But these areas around this ground have been cut very heavily and have lots and lots of clear cuts. And uh, it makes for really poor Martin habitat. And the Martin densities are much lower in those areas. And so there, there's a less likelihood that you're going to have um, a good amount of Martin moving back into an area of good habitat where I've trapped pretty heavily. I mean, um, you're, you're going to have, you're always going to have juvenile Martin dispersing, but the, uh, amount of dispersal is, is, uh, no doubt going to be governed in part by how many animals are in the area they're dispersing from. And so if you have a a really small Martin population, there's less of a chance you're going to have a lot of young that are moving in trying to find new habitat as the population is is growing so that all being said i ended up trapping this year in in a a quite a bit of new ground and in ground that was overall less suitable for martin although i did find some good pockets of timber where where i was able to catch quite a few martin Um, i also was able to catch a few martin in some places uh, in buffer areas between big cuts where you wouldn't expect much to be going on so uh so that worked out pretty good but the real highlight of the season for me I mean I caught 18 martin which is uh you know I if I was in better martin habitat you know on an even year like this year I I would have been able to catch with this amount of effort uh 25 in probably 14 days um so i you know, obviously the catch rates were quite a bit lower here. That was to be expected, though, for the amount of habitat. I mean, just the, I was looking back at the numbers and the effort that I put into it. And talking to trappers from, from back in the day, uh, 30, 40 years ago, when there, there, for a while there, there was no season on Martin, you could not trap Martin, but, but uh, for a few years, they opened up Martin trapping in the state, and the habitat was awesome. The, you know, there was still big old growth timber, a lot of roadless areas, areas that hadn't been harvested in a hundred years, or maybe maybe a little less than a hundred years, but pretty close to it. And there were um, there were not a lot of big open clear cuts, or not all these young forests and plantations and and uh, heavily heavily cut over areas and there was no limit on martin at the time and 
there were trappers who would catch a hundred martin and on a pretty pretty average line and uh, there were some trappers who exceeded that um, but it, looking at my level of effort and talking to some of the people I know who have done those 100 Martin seasons, uh, if if I had been in in the situation that that we had been, we would have been here 50 years ago, 40, 50 years ago. Um, this would be a 100 Martin trap line. But the reality of it is we're dealing with different methods. We have shorter check times. We have to use these links exclusion devices and we are trapping in habitat that is far less suitable for Martin. And with all those things combined, uh, the, the 18 Martin, you know, I think it was a pretty good catch. Uh, that, you know, like I said, that amount of effort and that amount of ground covered could have been a 100 Martin line uh, if, if we were in a really good Martin habitat and in, in, a, in a better situation. But it was, it is what it is, and, and uh, I really... I made, I feel like I made the best of it and I caught, I, I caught Martin and I, and I really, uh, I, I really love catching Martin and spending time in Martin habitat, but that wasn't the surprise or the highlight of the season for me. Um, there were weasels as well. In addition to the Martin, I think I caught 11 weasels and, uh, had two surprise mink in Martin boxes though. That was pretty awesome. I, I've went years without catching mink. Uh, last year I caught one in a Martin box and this year I caught two. So that was a real surprise. It, it was, it was cool. Um, but even that wasn't the big highlight or surprise. The big highlight surprise for the season was the fisher. This was a fisher year for me. Um, I, had the 18 Martin and typically if if I was trapping in really good Martin habitat uh, you're about uh, one fisher for every 10 Martin that's that's typically what I catch sometimes yeah maybe two for every 10 one, one or two to 10 um, and if I'm trapping in areas that are less suitable for Martin and a little more, you know, over, uh, cut, cut over, uh, not as much cover, still, still cover, but kind of a, more of a mixed forest, a younger forest overall. Uh, I, I'm trying to think to, to years past what was pretty typical. Um, maybe, uh, a, a fisher for every three or four Martin that I would catch in habitat like that. This year, I had 18 Martin and 16 Fisher. I caught almost as many Fisher as I caught Martin. And the surprising thing is that these were all Fisher caught in these Lynx exclusion devices with 4 inch by 4 inch openings. Uh, and so uh, these are the type of traps that we often have massive amounts of refusals by Fisher, uh, where 10 or 20 times. Uh, fisher might go to the box without going in through through the entrance and getting caught in the trap so it was quite a year it was it was pretty uh, amazing to see and to catch that those numbers of fisher uh, of course we were in habitat that was more suitable for fisher the fisher numbers continue to expand in the areas that i've been trapping the past 
five or six years. Uh, I think the past 10 years overall, they've, they've grown. But the past five or six years, for sure, fisher densities have seemed to have increased at a, a more rapid pace. And some of the areas where I was catching fisher, if you look on those YouTube videos, it was just unbelievable. The, the numbers of fisher I was catching in a small area, like three or four on a two-mile stretch of road. It's just, uh, it, it's just amazing. And, and there were, I was still seeing fisher, fisher tracks after, uh, after catching those animals, they still seemed to keep coming. So, so it was, it was really something else. It was definitely something else. Um, of course, I, I never had been able to catch more than 10 fisher in the past because for the past, oh, I don't know, 15 years or so, we'd had a, a, a 10 fisher limit in the state and that limit was recently increased to 25. So uh, part of me wanted to just keep going to try to get the 25 Martin and 25 Fisher. And the pace that we are on, I, I definitely have don't have any doubts that I would have gotten there. Um, it, without too much trouble, the problem is uh, the the amount of money it would have cost me to get there when you if you factor in the lost time of those days that I could have been spending doing other things and the uh, the gas money and the wear and tear in the vehicle, I pro- it probably would have cost me between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars to catch those extra animals to be able to say that I caught twenty five of each and and yeah, it'd be something that would be really cool. But I just I I hate to have to put numbers on things, but sometimes you just have to. It's just uh, I don't know it. It, it, the common sense side of me kind of catches up at, at times. So uh, anyway, that was that was kind of how the season went. It was a lot of Fisher, still quite a few Martin. Uh, I filmed most of it, so that's all up on YouTube. There's, I don't know, f- half a dozen videos of, of this year's trap line. You can find those on Trapping Today YouTube channel and, uh, and follow along and kind of see kind of the, the types of areas that I'm trapping in the sets that I use, the habitat that I look for, and uh, and the catches and the misses. There weren't very many misses this year. Um, there weren't too many refusals either, there, although there always are a few. Um, but it was a good year for that. Animals were coming to bait very, very, very readily. And uh, part of it, I think I got to chalk up to just things that I've learned over the years because I'm constantly learning uh, I, I feel like when you stop learning you and growing, you start dying. And so I'm always trying to, to learn something from uh, my trapping experiences and to never have that attitude like, like uh, I, know, I know the best way and there's no other way that, that could be better. And as a result, by doing that over the years, I've, I've been able to pick up on certain techniques and methods and uh, lures that I've developed uh, which you can find trappingtodaystore.com. Check out the lures, um, certain types of baits, uh, ways that baits are treated, the location, set locations, macro habitat, micro habitat, um, how I space out traps uh, in in the locations that I put them. The just just there, there's all kinds of little small details that uh, that you you pick up over time 
as you notice patterns and it just makes you a better trapper. So, so, you know, part of it, I think was just the fact that, um, even designs on the boxes, you know, on those, on those boxes and the types of traps I'm using in them and the angles that I'm putting on my Connie pans where I'm using Connie pans, uh, the trigger configurations that I'm using, just, uh, uh, all those different things combined to help determine your odds of, of making a catch, of having an animal in the box when you get there. And so uh, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point where those odds are more in my favor now. And, uh, and, and it was just a good season uh, overall to begin with. So it went well. And uh, thank you guys for, for coming along. For those who have watched the videos, if you haven't, uh, go check them out. Appreciate uh, taking you along the trap line. So now I'm kind of uh, end of trapping season. I'm I'm not gonna necessarily do uh, a whole lot on on trapping today. Not you know not like what I what I had been doing during the season. But there's there's a few things that I'll be doing. I'm I'm gonna do some a few a couple other YouTube videos maybe. Uh, I'll do some stuff on the fur market, which you always do. I'll give you you guys a podcast update on the fur market. I Yes, if I haven't, I'll have to look back and see if I did one recently. I think we're due for one. Um, and I'll probably do a couple of YouTube lives and, and maybe maybe another YouTube video here and there. But I really have been starting to focus on a few other things outside of trapping today. And for folks who, who might be interested in following me in other places, uh, I, I have talked about this in the past a little bit, but I've... I have uh, a couple of woodlots, uh, land that I own here in northern Maine that I manage timber on, and I harvest wood on those properties. So I've been doing quite a bit of wood cutting recently. So I have I actually started a channel called Backyard Forestry. It's a YouTube channel where I talk. I, I kind of take you along on some of the timber harvest stuff that I'm doing and and uh, talk a little bit about what I'm doing and why and show a bunch of footage of the, you know, the machines working and me working and all that stuff. So if you're into that sort of thing, check that uh, channel out on YouTube and also have a channel called Cattle View. And that's uh, just the kind of some of the footage from videos from the home farm here where we, we raise beef cattle and uh, just showing some, some things uh, around there surrounding that so i just kind of hoping that um i can you know get get uh provide a little bit more for folks in different parts of what i do and hopefully gain a few couple you know a little bit of an increased audience uh on on the whole youtube thing and youtube is kind of like podcasting where uh you you just it's so much, I, I'm a good writer, but I hate writing just because of the word, the effort involved. And it's so much easier to just put the microphone on or turn the camera on and start talking. So it's a, it's a shortcut. It's a cheat. I know, but that's, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons that I've, I've gotten into more of the audio and the video stuff. And the other thing with YouTube, is just like the podcast that there, there's a unique uh, audience that finds you through different media and the podcast is one, you know, people go on to their uh, Apple podcast or Google or wherever they're getting their podcast and they search for trapping and they that's how they find me. Uh, 
people that are listening to this. Well, YouTube is the same way. There, there is an audience that's already on that platform that is looking for stuff. And so, um, by by increasing the YouTube presence, I'm able to to reach people who do not listen to podcasts and otherwise uh, would not would not know anything about trapping today. So it's kind of a little bit of I don't know if you call it cross promotion or just kind of a broadening of uh, of promotion. Uh, why I don't know. Uh, maybe to to sell some books, sell some lure. Um, Sell advertising, just kind of just grow this pirate ship, I suppose. <laughs> sometimes I wonder, sometimes I wonder, but I, but uh, it's it's always neat to have goals and to reach them. You know, we are at uh, 6,000 subscribers on the uh, YouTube channel, and uh, the views on the videos just varies so much by depending on what the video is. They can get anywhere from a few hundred for some of the stuff like... Uh, the more technical sort of boring type of stuff the where I'm in the first shed just talking and they can go upwards of uh, have one Martin trapping video that has about s- over 60,000 views now. So it, it really varies a lot, but um, it, it is, uh, it, it is growing. Uh, the podcast we're getting uh, consistently 3000 downloads per episode uh, we're exceeding that consistently on every episode now, so uh, so we're we're slow and steady. We're growing. It's exciting as always, um, and as we as we move forward, um, I I want to hear more from you guys. So I I I guess I say I want to hear more. I'll I'll try to keep up with it. I I stopped giving out my email address because because I just was getting tired of answering questions. Not that I don't love to do it, but I was just having so I was starting to fall behind and the other demands for my time were more important but uh it, it, it at the, at the moment they were more important so uh, but now i think i'm at the point where i'd like to hear more from you guys and and if you have questions if you have whatever feedback um why don't you shoot me an email jrodwood at gmail.com j-r-o-d-w-o-o-d at gmail.com um, I want to do maybe a little bit more podcast stuff. I, I don't know. I may or may not. I'm I'm still, I'm kind of at a stage in things where I don't really know what I want to do uh, over the next uh, six months or eh, maybe no four or five months uh, until summer comes. I know summer when summer's here, I'm, I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be working on the farm. Uh, it, when I'm not working on my regular job, I'm going to be uh Every waking daylight hour, I'll be cutting hay, baling hay, moving hay, fixing machinery, moving fences, moving cows, fixing water, fixing fences, all of that stuff. So uh, there, there's no question there. But usually I have like a project in the winter and I, I don't really have, we're already uh, not even, almost halfway through the winter and I don't really have, I never really came up with a good project other than doing more YouTube stuff, but I, I wanted to do a book. Um, I looks like based on where we're at in the winter, I'm not going to get the book done. Um, it would be kind of cool to get a book done every winter. Um, the Speaking of that, Walter Arnold, Main Trapper, Stories from One of the Last Mountain Men, uh, and More Than Wolverine and Alaska Wilderness Trapline, those are my two uh, main books, and you can find those on Amazon or trappingtodaystore.com. 
And those for the holidays, those were selling like crazy on Amazon. So that was really exciting to see the the, the growth there with the book sales and a lot of people, a lot of people um, um, getting the, their hands on those books. And I'm really glad to see that and uh, and be able to, to kind of share my stories and also share uh, some of the old time trapping stories with more people, whether they're trappers or not. But yeah, the the project. I don't know. I, maybe I'll do some more writing if I can get myself uh, motivated enough to do it. But but uh, there may be some more podcasting in the future, more than the once a month that we've been doing recently. And uh, that just depends on if I have some pretty intriguing uh, topics that I want to discuss. I I may decide to uh, to to go ahead and just fire up the microphone and do a podcast on it. If, if I get some questions, I actually had a question roll in uh, my email today and don't, don't message me on Facebook or Instagram with questions. I have dozens of messages on both of those that I have not read. And I don't know if I will read <laughs> uh, because I just don't, I haven't used uh, Instagram all trapping season. I haven't used it since for months from, for months. And it just, it, I, I, I decided it honestly it was kind of a waste of time. It was it, I hate to say it like that cuz it was kind of it was really cool to connect with with all the people on there and stuff and share my pictures and see other people's pictures but it, it really was quite a time suck and I didn't feel like I was uh getting uh, a lot of value for the time that I was putting into it. I felt like I was just kind of sitting on the couch and uh scrolling through stuff or or putting stuff up or answering comments and stuff. So um, I decided to forego Instagram. I, I don't know if I'll be back or not, but the 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 point is, if you're listening to this and you want to get in touch with me, don't don't do it through there, don't do it through Facebook because I'm almost never on Facebook. But um, trappingtodaystore.com. There's if if you don't remember my email address, there's a contact form on trappingtodaystore.com, and a lot of people contact me through the store. Surprising how many people um, go to the store and get my contact, even people that never ordered anything on the store and probably never will. Um, they, they still go there to, to, to send me a message and that goes directly to my email and I do respond to all of those. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if we get, I got one, uh, I said today that, uh, about, uh, beaver trapping and open water beaver trapping sets that I think I, I might, uh, do something on. And if I get like, you know, two or three more questions, so you know, pretty substantial questions. I'll probably uh, batch those together and just do a question and answer episode. Um, I I always enjoy always enjoy doing those. So uh, keep uh, keep looking out for for that moving forward. We'll see we'll see how much of this we do and how much uh, I spend on the the YouTube's channels and all the other stuff. There's just a million things to do. There's guys. There's so much opportunity out there to do things. The only thing. Uh, limited is our our time uh, to to actually get them done. But if you're willing to to hustle and work and and uh, get on these different platforms and and uh, share information, there's just so much opportunity out there. So I guess that's about it for now. I, I wanted to share with you a little recap of my season, just to kind of give you an idea of of how things went, but. Uh, if I had wanted to do it right, I probably should have been recording during the season when I still had things at the top of mind. But if you go back and, 
and watch those YouTube videos, you'll you'll get a really good picture of of, of what it was all about. But uh, you know, you know how it goes. There's if um, if you like if like every check day, I'd come back and come to the first shed maybe the next day and and sit down with a buddy and and hit record. I mean, there's just so many things we could talk about because there's a thousand different ideas that are running through your head when you're on the trap line and you're you're seeing things and observing and making catches and all that stuff so uh, but but of course you know a little time goes by and that kind of that kind of fades away and you you forget the little details so uh so yeah we'll maybe we'll do more of that some at some point and um i i think uh there's a couple people i i i have trouble scheduling stuff sometimes but there's a couple people i do want to get on for for interviews so we uh we may have that coming as well we'll see see how all that plays out but until then um if you're still have a trapping season in your area and you're still trapping uh be sure to uh pick up some lure guys trappingtodaystore.com and uh, check out the selection of lures that i have uh we're shipping almost every day we're shipping lure out to all over the country and thanks for people who are sending emailing me the pictures of uh you with your catches on on trapping using trapping today lures that's pretty awesome um it, it is the reach is pretty cool how many different people from all over the country uh are using the lures there's actually there's one guy in, in uh, labrador that was just smoking the martin it's just unbelievable i um, he, maybe I should see if he, I don't know if he'd go on, come on and, and, uh, do a podcast to talk about it, but just, I mean, we're literally wheelbarrows full of Martin <laughs> on, uh, on check days. And, uh, he was, he, he used long distance call for the first time this year. Actually it cost me, <laughs> it was a little bit of mishap with the shipping. Uh, it, it cost me, um, I think it cost me more to ship the order than the entire value of the order times two. It was, it was crazy. Uh, there was some custom stuff that got all messed up and all that. So, uh, I had to, had to figure that shipping stuff out to Canada. It, it can if you get over a hundred bucks, it really throws a wrench into things. But anyway, he was, he started using the lure and uh, long distance call and he was super impressed with it and pulling in tons and tons of fur with it. So, um, it's just cool. I, I mean, it, you know, it, the, the, it's good, it's good lure. It works. Um, uh, of course, like all lure, it's not going to catch fur for you. It's just a tool. It's just a, a small part of the overall, uh, trap line. But, uh, but, but the, the lure is becoming more and more popular and it's cool to see people gain confidence on, uh, their trap lines. Um, when, when they're out there using that lure, uh, it's all about confidence, really. It's about, it's that's what it's about. So, uh, long distance call. We have Predator and Predator Plus. Um, Predator Plus has the skunk essence. So, if someone's in uh, in a more southern climate, I try to uh, move them a little more towards the Predator, the standard Predator lure. Um, if you're in a cold area or if you have uh, cold conditions on your line, uh, Predator Plus is good. But but I just I don't like to ship that stuff like like to someone in in Florida and and they're gonna put or or Georgia and then they put a big chunk 
big gob of that lure in a dirt hole and they wonder why the coyotes are coming within 10 feet of the set and walking away well the 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 scent is so overpowering that skunk essence that uh it, it really can be more uh, counterproductive at times so you gotta you just gotta be aware of that and i try to i try to make sure you know I, when people ask me questions like that i try to kind of steer them in the right direction on lure to use um oh and somebody asked me i apologize i did not respond to this i don't think uh about a bobcat rub lure because i don't have a specific bobcat lure and the reason for that is because i don't have bobcats here i don't trap bobcats we have links here that we cannot trap they're federally protected so uh, so i i do not make a a specific bobcat lure however i uh have lure customers who have had great deal of success using birch river beaver lure for uh, bobcats at rub sets and uh, you know that is a caster based lure and so it is it is a very effective bobcat lure and it's actually a really effective martin and fisher lure too i've got a lot, a lot of martin and fisher this year on birch river believe it or not so uh there's that lure and of course it's a smoking beaver lure and it's really all of my lures are uh, are good especially long distance call on birch river at repelling water um and and holding up against freezing thawing wet dry a uh, whole variety of different weather conditions they they work really really well for that so um they the the, the and uh blah, 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 tongue-tied I'm looking over and see what i might have missed yeah the uh, sweetness awesome again i didn't develop a raccoon lure i developed a early season um sort of a sweet based lure that uh, i use for martin and fisher and it has become very popular for uh raccoon trappers so so that's another one that's uh i mean the 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 whole species specific lure is just a racket in the business really i mean if you actually look into the the different lures most of them they'll list half a dozen species that they work for and uh they 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 are called single species lures because when someone gets started out trapping they want to catch all these different species and say okay i need a raccoon lure i need a bobcat lure i need a fisher lure i need a coyote lure i need a fox lure i need a beaver lure well, they could probably get all that done with two, through two or three lures, and or they could buy half a dozen lures, and use uh, those half a dozen lures in all different combinations for almost any species. Um, you're going to have some differences with your water animals and your land animals, of course, um, and uh, and that sort of thing. But it, realistically, that is a incredible way to sell more lure is to have a lure for every species because people are going to look that and say okay i need to get this one this one this one this one otherwise they wouldn't buy it um and and so i i just uh, am not really gonna fall for that i'm not gonna do it so (laughs) i've been holding off holding out from uh actually doing species specific stuff um maybe i'll give in at some point i don't know but um, there, all of my lures are pretty versatile, like most on the market, even though they're, they're, um, marketed as single species. 
uh, new lure fall fur call, which uh, I, I haven't talked about much at all, but I need to start talking about more because I'm not selling very much of it because people don't even know that it exists. But uh, that is uh, like long distance call. It's a grease-based lure. It has uh, all of the essential oils and ingredients that long distance call has, except it does not have skunk. And so if you're looking for a really good predator lure, um, and, and a really good all-around predator lure that has the musks and essential oils, um, that is that is a really good lure to use um, when you when you don't need skunk. And I think uh, if if you're using skunk at every single set you make, uh, you might want to rethink that. Depending, on, you know, in some situations maybe, but for the whole season you should not be putting a skunk lure in every one of your sets. Uh, I I I think you got to mix it up a little bit. So. Anyway, check them out, trappingtodaystore.com. Appreciate your business, and would uh, we ship it out quick. So if you're, if you, you know, whatever the postal service uh, decides to do, typically if you order, um, we're shipping it out the next business day. So uh, so you can get that and uh, trap with it um, during the season. Um, so yeah, guys, good to have you as always. Sorry for the kind of a rambling episode, but. Um, it, it, I didn't want to go too long without having another episode. So, uh, here, here we are and, uh, look forward to, uh, what's to come in the next coming months. Um, and look forward to hearing from you. So till next time, keep talking, trapping, keep thinking, trapping. We'll catch you on the next episode.